Hello, and welcome back to Belmont Bunch. Tom, a few weeks ago, I think around the Bo Horvat trade, you said, you know, going down the stretch, if we have an exciting playoff race, uh, that's something you're looking forward to. Well, here we are with three games left. I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Uh <laughs> You know, I guess I'm happier than I would would have been if like they just crapped out of it and they weren't even there. Um, it's it's uh, scary. We talked about it right before we um, went live just now that nobody is in a secure position. Everybody has to be perfect. Uh, Florida, uh, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, kind of Buffalo because they're not fully eliminated yet. Um it's fun. You know, it's better than last year when the Islanders were the best team to miss it. And it was like a 15 point gap. Um, we have a similar playoff race in the West right now. So I'm loving the, um, the, you know, the last few games meaning so much. Um, that's, you know, I, I just hate to see guys getting rested and stuff. I like to see our best players playing at the best, you know, the most important time. So, and it gives you the chance for a Wade Dubulitz moment. And who doesn't want that? Um, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, we had an interesting three games since we last spoke. Um, you know, we were riding high, um, I think, in the last the last time we spoke. Um, the playoff odds we gave ourselves were, like, you know, between 75 and, like, 90%. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really should have seen the two losses coming. I guess I, I figured we were playing well enough. Um you know, coming in that I wasn't that worried, you know, big win over Toronto. We responded well to the two bad losses with the Jersey win and then winning the Washington game. For some reason, for me, uh, winning that Washington game, uh, I think for like a period of time, we were like six points up on Florida. And I felt like that was it. Um, and we talked about that last week. And, you know, shame on me for not foreseeing them losing to two good teams because um you know it's two teams that have had their number at, at, at times uh definitely tampa for like four years now um carolina it's still like uh ptsd to getting swept by them a few years <laughs> back at trots's first year um but they i don't know i would describe and i'm gonna jump out of this quickly and give sterling a chance um i was very troubled by the effort in those games. Maybe not the effort, but the attention to detail. Um, I was just re-watching some of the highlights of the Tampa Bay game, the first one, to refresh myself a little bit. And uh, some really inexcusable um, defensive lapses uh, against a team that wasn't playing for a ton. I know they clinched that night, but they knew they were going to make it in Tampa. The Islanders had so much more to play for and just did not show up. Um, and, and the defensive breakdowns that, that we saw in that game are not acceptable for a team that isn't in yet. Um, so yeah. And the Carolina game was tough, uh, not as bad as the Tampa game, obviously. Um, but again, the, um, some of the guys that we brought in at the deadline, some of the guys that we're depending on didn't show up, Bo Horvat, you know, chief among that. Uh, I really think Pierre Engvall has been pretty good since we brought him in. I think he's been one of the more consistent forwards recently. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I what did you think of those two games? For me, it was uh, really, really difficult to watch. 
it's it's kind of weird how quickly my perspective changed on everything because I know we came off the big wins the previous week, but after we lost out the weekend, you could say we were two and uh, yeah, we were two and four in the past six games. And that was reflected in our I loved looking at the magic and tragic numbers and at some point our magic number was nine, tragic was twenty one. And after the weekend, it was magic number still at nine, tragic at 11. So it felt like we completely wasted the opportunity. And we did. Uh, I think I gave myself, gave the team a 90% chance of making it last week. I think I may have, uh, you know, not have respected Pittsburgh enough. They they got a big win against Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tristan Jari is still himself but he has had two good games lately i think he had a shutout one goal against uh so pittsburgh's definitely not out of it i think getting the extra point in washington uh which i was not expecting giving it one to shoot out that may save the season uh but at this point uh like you said before we started we really just are taking this one game one day at a time right our magic number is five tragic is eight so i'm feeling pretty good right now but you know if we lose on saturday and pittsburgh wins uh then it's kind of panic mode on the other side if we Mm -hmm. win and they lose it's like we're one point away so yeah it's it's way more entertaining hockey than last year that's for sure oh yeah um for me um, it, it based on the schedules of the two teams that we're competing with uh, left. Um, you know, actually, I'll, I'll start with what you talked about. You talked about um, what I talked about earlier. Um, having to be perfect, you know, the rest of the way, uh, and the room for error being nothing. Um, and they got the big, um, you know, test out of the way in terms of like strength of schedule games by beating Tampa six to one, they were in a, uh, the Islanders were in a perfect situation to beat Tampa in that game. I don't want to take anything away because the Islanders did what they had to do. They came out, they looked desperate. It it was the desperation that they lacked in the two prior games uh, did come out in that, that Tampa game uh, last night. And, um, you know, I loved seeing that. Uh, it was cathartic to see them beat this team. I know uh, Tampa, they they didn't look like they showed up to play. They looked like they were more uh, worried about getting out of the game healthy, which didn't even happen with uh, some injuries that they incurred. Um, so, look, I, I don't want to take too much credit away. I do have to say, going into the game, the situation was in our favor because back end of a back-to-back, uh, they played a very brutal game the night before against the Rangers and a 6-3 loss that had a lot of fighting, um, you know, a lot of bad blood. Uh, one of those, like, mentally exhausting games that gave us another leg up uh, on Thursday. And then you also didn't have to face Vassy. You faced Brian Elliott. Um, there were guys held out of the lineup like Anthony Sorelli, Eric Chernak. So there were a lot of things in the Islanders' favor, but they took care of business Um we know nothing in this league is um, given. Uh, so they still had to go out there and win that game, and they won it convincingly. There was a second there um, where we 
you know, the game was in a bit of jeopardy. We went up three, nothing. Uh, and we gave one up. We gave up. Not only did we give one up before we gave it up, we gave away a shorthanded breakaway. We had a really bad power play that gave momentum back to Tampa, which has been a consistent issue um, that the Islanders power play is just giving the other team uh, momentum. Um, I would like almost rather the Islanders sit in their own zone for two minutes and just run two minutes mm-hmm. off. Um, so, but the Islanders responded well. Uh, by getting that fourth goal, that was huge to get the Ryan Pollock goal right before the end of the second. Kind of put the nail in the coffin. I think Tampa at that point, having seen Tanner Janot go down, um, you know, some guy, uh, Tanner Janot, someone who they paid for at the deadline. And now that looked like a really bad injury. Uh, I'm sure Tampa was kind of treading, wa- um, uh, walking on eggshells the rest of the way, just trying not to get hurt, trying to be smart. Um, and yeah, the Islanders took advantage. So now you've got three non-playoff teams left, but two of them are divisional uh, and are not going to do you any favors. They're going to really enjoy playing spoiler to the Islanders. Uh, And then also you have Montreal, who we just like struggle with no matter. It doesn't matter the year. Um, I saw our all-time record against them. It's terrible. (laughs) I know, you know, a lot of that is historical, but um, recent years too, it doesn't seem to matter if Montreal is good. They give us trouble. Um, so, I mean, it helps that we're at home. We're 10 games over 500 at home. Uh, so we have two of our last three at home. Um, but like I said, uh, based on the other teams remaining schedules, it really, to me, feels like minimum five points and you're probably going to have to run the table. And I think it's a very daunting task. If you say it like that, run the table. I think it's really, really important that Lane Lambert stresses each game as its own war. Every yeah. game is a playoff game now. And you have to go into every game not thinking anything about the next game. Every single minute has to be utter, you know, playoff level intensity. The focus has to be there. Um, and, it, man, it's really nerve-wracking because the ball's in their court. You know, they win out, they're in. Uh, so they do have control of their destiny, but just barely, you know. Yeah. Um, they're only one point up on Pittsburgh. All it takes is an OT loss. Uh, and Pittsburgh scheduled the rest of the way really easy. Um, they have Detroit, who's a little bit frisky. Um, but then they have Columbus. Uh, and I'm blanking on the third name, but I, I, I'm pretty sure it's another pretty bad team. I'm going to pull it up just I to I think be... it's Chicago, I think. You're... Oh, God, you're right. Uh, I just want to get it right in the order. Okay. At Detroit, home against Chicago at Columbus. I know there's two road games in there, um, but really Chicago and Columbus are absolute dumpster fires um i i know columbus has played a little bit better recently as you know they beat us and but um you know i don't know if they're going to beat a very very desperate penguins team um basically playing to give crosby and malkin and latang like another run um because you never know how long those guys have left so uh the detroit game is my big hope um for help uh if Pittsburgh beats Detroit, um, you know, it really, to me, it, the Islanders have to run the table. Uh, yeah. So the Islanders have to go in with the mentality that they're going to have to run the table. Um, Florida has the hardest schedule, um, and they already won, what, five in a row, I think, Florida? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's not easy to complete that and go, you know, they're because Florida's in the same boat. They're going to have to go 8-0 to finish the year. Yeah. Um, and they, like I, I was saying before the pod, 
Um, you know, they have one easy game left. Who's the, the first one that they have left? Oh, I'm not sure who they're playing tomorrow. Uh, okay. Oh, they have at Washington, which is the easiest yeah. they have left. Yeah. Home against Toronto, home against Carolina. Toronto has nothing to play for, much like Tampa Bay against us last night. I expect a lot of guys out of the lineup. I don't expect Toronto to risk much. They're probably going to play the third goaltender, Joseph Wool. Um, so I think that's a good bet for Florida to win that game. Uh, the Washington game, Washington's, um, you know, they're done. Um, I, I think Ovi is going to keep playing. Obviously, he's going for Gretzky's record. He, there's no reason to sit him. Uh, the Carolina game is the big hope out of that schedule. But, you know, that's like, I'm not giving wins, but you have to expect Pittsburgh and um, the Panthers to win two out of three each, uh, which means the Islanders have to get, what, five points, right? Oh, yeah. Um, depending on if that other game goes to OT for the other teams. So I, you, we have the benefit of you being a, a Panthers fan as well. Can you tell us, you know, what that has been like recently with the five straight wins? If, if for a second there, it looked like they were completely done. And yeah. uh, they have Alex Lyon has put the team on his back of all people. Uh, so, yeah, tell me, what's it like for them right now? What's the vibe? Are they immaculate? Yeah, no, definitely there is lots of optimism from uh, a fan base that tends to be negative at times. Um, Alex Lyon, he's just been unreal over that stretch. And as an Islanders fan, I think that's my one hope for them is, you know, it's Alex Lyon who historically is not a fantastic guy. I mean, he's not even in the NHL permanently. So there's still a little bit of hope, like maybe he regresses a bit, um, but he hasn't let in more than two goals in any of the past five games, I don't think. The offense, granted, they're playing teams like Ottawa, but Ottawa's pretty respectable. The offense looks like the offense from last year. They just can't stop scoring now. Matthew Kachuk is unbelievable. He's, he's got a career high in points now. and. To be honest, that Huberto for Kachuk trade, um, I mean, I know Uyghur was in there, but it, it really looks foolish right now. Oh, yeah. I know no, no, big, big W for the Panthers. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is like a, a game-changing talent. Yeah. And, you know, again, I think I may have mentioned before, maybe it's the Calgary system, but Huberto, Kadri, all those guys fell off a cliff. But anyways, mm. that's another conversation. I think Florida... They do have the toughest schedule, but they do kind of seem like a team of destiny right now, which is a little unfortunate. So I think if any team's going to fall out, uh, it's not going to be them. Uh, just to quickly talk about Pittsburgh, they do have an easy schedule. They also have the worst goalie in the league, so I don't know <laughs> if that balances out or not. But, you know, uh, after winning last night um, – I am afraid. I'm not going to lie. I am afraid. I know the ball's on the ball's in our court. I'm not confident that we're winning out. So if they win out, that's pretty scary. But yeah, one game at a time. Tomorrow's a big day, at least for us. I'm it's weird. You know, we've struggled against the hard team or the easy teams, but 
Washington specifically is a team that's given us a lot of uh, trouble the past few years. But mm. just since they've been eliminated, um, I've been watching some of their games, and I don't know what happened to Laviolette, but like their defense is non-existent at all. Uh, John Carlson, I know he came back from injury, but he looks terrible. Just the system as a whole is awful. I mean, if you watch the Montreal game or the highlights from it last night, so many of the goals, like the defense just parted and let Washington or let Montreal walk in for prime chances. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they don't try to play spoiler against us. Uh, Philly, yeah, they could give us a hard time, but I think that's literally just going to come down to will. And if we play desperately, I, I can't see how we lose that game. And yes, we have struggled with Montreal, but hopefully with a Pittsburgh loss, that game becomes irrelevant. And if not, uh, well, hopefully the team shows up for once in the big game they have to. Yeah, I, for me, uh, one thing, um, you know, it classic me to find something bad out of a 6-1 win. There was one thing that troubled me a little bit last night. Um, so, uh, no Alex Romanov, uh, Romanov last night. That that so Samuel Bulduke did end up with an assist, and it was a pretty nice one. Uh, prior to that, he had a couple of plays where he just threw it to the front of our own net, and you know we were lucky not to give up a goal. Um, I know he's a young guy. Uh, I know there's going to be struggles, but it's it's a really inopportune time for that. Um, you know, obviously we wouldn't just be experimenting. Um, if we didn't have injuries. Um, so I, I, I think Romanov is a guy that I thought um, started to really up his game. And, and I didn't see as many uh, issues with him over the last few weeks and having Bull Duke have some giveaways last night and look a little bit less than confident at times. Uh, and Sebastian Ajo, um, who this year has like improved his game for sure. Um but it feels like once a game he falls down and, <laughs> and last night it literally led to a goal. Uh, he, he just fell down, threw it forward, got stolen, ripped in the slot. And uh, they, they just, um, I, I, I like, if we go into a playoff series, look, we'd, I, I'd be happy to go into a playoff series with them um, at the moment. Cause I'd just be happy to go into a playoff series. Um, but I, I would definitely, um, you know, I, I wouldn't love our chances um, because it would feel like there are two defensemen on the left side out of three that are very vulnerable to an experienced team like Boston or Carolina, whoever it is. Um, so I, obviously that's not a problem for today. Um, that's a problem for tomorrow, <laughs> this Saturday. Yes. We don't have Ren uh, Romanov back. Um and, and like disregard me talking about the playoffs, like that's a problem for right now. Um, the it's it's weird that the, this happens at the end of the year, but like we're probably going to get a better effort out of these last three teams than we did from Tampa. It's just you know uh, these teams are going into the off season. Um, the players don't care where they end up drafting. I'm sure the GM would love them to lose all their games, but the um, the players are going to go out there. Um, they're humans. They want to screw up their two of those teams. They want to see their divisional rivals suffer. And the Islanders knocked those teams out of the playoffs recently. 
uh, Washington and the Flyers. So I'm sure it would feel kind of good for them to knock us out. Um, so, uh, and and both of those teams have a lot of guys still left from those playoff teams. I, the Flyers are kind of in shambles right now, but there are still guys there. Um, yeah, so I guess the Flyer game is the least troubling to me right now. I know, like, I made the case, like, for them being a divisional team, carrying more than Montreal, but, um, you know, I, if we do win those two games going into the Montreal game, Montreal is going to know exactly what's going on in that last game. Um, and you want to go into the offseason with a win. Uh, I don't care where you are in the standings. Um, so I'm sure Montreal Montreal would love to spoil our, our season. And if it's – I don't know if it's their last game, but if it is, like, that'd be a great way to go into the offseason for them. Um, oh. You know, so I'm not an NHL coach. Um, but I would imagine that you almost like pretend that's a playoff game to like kind of see where, you know, how much guys care on your team and see who you want to be there um, the following year. So I expect uh, guys to be playing hard for roster positions next year for these teams that are done. So none of this is going to be easy. Um, and we know that like the Islanders haven't made it look easy this year. Um, so I'm very, very nervous. Um, it's almost more nerve wracking knowing that you have it in, in your control. Um, because, uh, this team at times looks fantastic and at other times looks like it's disengaged from very important games. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, like if I were going to give a playoff odd, like I did, you know, like we've done the last few weeks, coin flip 50, 50, like, okay. I, I, I feel like. And that's not like getting on us and not on the other two teams. I feel like everybody has <laughs> it's a coin flip for <laughs> all three teams. Um, yeah. Because everyone knows one one false move and they could be done. Yeah. It's yeah, a it, standoff. It, it's a Canadian, <laughs> it's a French Canadian and American standoff. <laughs> exactly. Uh emotionally I've kind of felt like oh, there's no chance we're making it. Everyone else is going to win and we're going to lose a game but just purely objectively um tomorrow's huge but even without knowing the results of that i think 50 50 is a fair assessment just to be original i think you know i'm the optimist but i'm gonna give it lower i'm gonna go to 40 percent it's just troubling given the team's lack of effort against you know, the terrible teams and Buffalo was only a few games ago. There's no reason why they shouldn't have had urgency now or urgency then. So I think mistakes can be repeated. Hopefully not. And I'd be so happy if we made in if we just made the playoffs, no matter who the seating is, I don't care about that anymore. A big takeaway I've had from this race is um, don't ever say this season's over, at least until like game 70, because Mm -hmm. Florida came back out of nowhere. Just Mm -hmm. a remarkable run they've gone on. Um, But for now, uh, you mentioned uh, Bolduc and Ajo. Do you want to talk about a couple other players that might have impressed or disappointed you the past few games? Yeah, um, I, I I don't know. I, I've talked about him so much, but I'm going to do it again. Zach Parise, just the effort's always there. 
that you're never you're just never going to see him like not give it his, his all. He feels like someone that knows, you know, like I don't know how much longer I have in the league. He said he's going to play another year. I love that. I'd love to see him back with us. Um, he doesn't even have, even have to worry about, you know, getting more than league men because Minnesota's paying him uh, yeah. through the buyout. So he's financially set. Um, God, I, I would kill to have him back. Um, he created um, the Simon Holmstrom goal in the last game. He had a four check where he beat two Tampa guys, got it to Horvat, who got it to Holmstrom. Um, that's just the guy I, I – I, I, there's not enough words um, to say how much I've appreciated his effort um, night in and night out this year. I don't think I've uh, for a single moment been, um, you know, questioned his effort. Um, recently, um, I haven't noticed uh, Hudson fashing as much, um, but like, again, that's more, uh, he, he's scoring at the pace that he needs to. The top six are the guys that need to carry the team. Um, I'm still a little bit worried about Horvat, although there were some encouraging signs in the Tampa game. He had a few real good chances. He obviously potted one that was kind of like a tap in Um, a great pass by Noah Dobson, who I'm going to crap on in a second. Uh, (laughs) So I want to give him some credit there. Um, But it, it, the confidence might be starting to get back there for Horvat. Um, he got chances. He had a really good chance on uh, a shot right in front, and he completely flubbed it with no one on him. He did end up scoring later. He had an assist, so he had two points. Um, but again, he hasn't driven play. I think for the contract that we gave him and for what we gave up in the trade, um, he I know Barzal and him, uh, he and Barzal had a lot of chemistry, and I think he saw that on the power play, which has since fallen completely apart. Um, but Horvat, I wonder if he got played into the ground minutes wise when we, we had a period, we still don't have Barzal, but we had a period where we had no Barzal or, uh, Pajot. And I wonder if, um, we just ran him into the ground in those games, um, which would actually be encouraging. Cause that means that maybe next season we'll get to see, you know, Horvat back to, you know, the ability that he showed earlier in the year, even though this was a career year. So you do have to beware that he might never be that again. This might've been his best year. And um, you're going to have to settle for something closer to what he was before. Um, and so there were, pe- uh, part, you know, the people that didn't like that trade at the time, that was what they were talking about. I liked the trade at the time. Um, I still think once Barzi and him are reunited, that things are going to get back going. But I am a little bit troubled by the fact that um, when you, you, you pay up for a guy like that, you want to see him be able to drive play on his own. Um, so that is a little bit discouraging. It kind of, to me, says, you know, he's still great on faceoffs, but to me, maybe says that he's not a 1A. He he is the 1B. Him and Barzi are a dynamic duo, but he needs Barzi, it seems. Um, Pierre Engvall, I want to give him credit. He's been um, very, very good. Uh, one of the more consistent forwards. Um, and Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson brought it last night. Uh, in my fantasy league, we have a joke about um, in the playoffs, like this guy, this is a legacy game for David Poster. <laughs> He's got a score in this one for fantasy purposes. Um, I, Without Barzi, with Horvat struggling, I thought the Tampa game was um, maybe a potential legacy game for Brock Nelson, and he was great. Uh, so... 
that is good. I mean, I, I like Brock. I like him a lot. Um, and he has continued to, you know, be one of our better players. Uh, for the negative, I already talked about Aho. I already talked about Bull Duke. Um, Dobson fell asleep on the breakaway goal for Kucherov in the, in the drub, drubbing in Tampa. Um, and I, Dobson, I just don't like his game. Um, I, 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 that's not to say he's not useful because he's still a power play quarterback right now. The power play is terrible and it's not really his fault. Um, I am discouraged because we give away the puck so much on the power play and he, his feet are completely at a standstill at the blue line that he gets beaten for breakaways very often. Um, on the, in, in the Kucherov goal, it was just falling asleep and not being aware of the guy coming out of the box. And that's worrying because you were the attention to detail needs to be there in these games. You can't afford, you can't just give away a goal uh, because we don't know how many goals we're going to score. We struggled to score goals recently against good teams. So um, maybe like you said, you know, we're playing some teams that give up a lot of goals. Maybe the margin for error won't be as slight because we'll be able to score more goals against these last three teams. I'm hopeful for that. Um, but we've seen our, our offense is an enigma. Sometimes <laughs> it's great. Sometimes it is non-existent. So um, I maybe I'll, uh, you know what, just to, as a show of good faith that mm -hmm. I believe even though these, these last three teams are going to be playing their hearts out, they're going to, they're going to, I think the effort's going to be there because they want to spoil a season. Um, I don't think they're good enough defensively and I'm going to give the Islanders 51 percent chance to get it. So I'm going to say they are slightly more likely than not to get in. Uh, I do want to believe um, and I think there are some circumstances in their favor. Um, I got a lot out of that Tampa game that was satisfying. Um, but again, um, expect the even though these last few teams are not as good as Tampa, even when Tampa's barely trying, um, these teams are going to show some heart. So oh, yeah. he prepared for that. Um, and you got to step on some throats like the Tampa game. They did it. Um, it was worrying after the first period when we, we had 12 shots and no goals and we dominated and we didn't score. And then we got three quick ones in the second. Uh, and then when Tampa scored to give themselves a lifeline, we scored again to, uh, to, to put the game away. So they need to have that level of killer instinct. Um, and I think they could. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. Who are some players that, that you are happy with that you're not happy with going into the last three games? Yeah. Uh I'll start with Dobson. Uh I'll give him like you did a little bit of credit on the last goal of the game. It's been a while since I see him make a good, like really good offensive play, and he set himself up to dish Horvat. That was a nice goal. But defensively he's so troubling because there's nothing we can do about it. Like they're not going to bench him or anything, but he's really bad defensively as of late. As for the power play thing, our power play is terrible already. And I know he, he was a great quarterback last year. It seemed like, but he like barely moves anymore. He gets the puck, uh, just stands there a little bit. And like, maybe it's time for a change in perspective that, you don't necessarily need someone with a howitzer at the blue line. I mean, if you want, you have Polak who could do that. But 
I thought our power play in 2019, at least in the Pittsburgh series, was really good with Devon Tays quarterbacking it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they, they've played with Aho, maybe doing that uh, in the past. I wonder if you try something like that before, where you just have a mobile defenseman uh, at the blue line. Uh, that they, might they've help. given Bull Duke a bit of a chance the last couple games. Yeah, I was going to talk about him. That's like, he is serviceable at the moment. Definitely not good enough to make a playoff run, unfortunately. He is a guy who maybe could be a part of this core pretty soon, but he's just not ready for that this year. Mm-hmm. He's been atrocious, which is nice. Um, Aho is, he frustrates me a lot with his defense, but he is very needed for his speed on the back end breaking out of the zone and so i hated him last year i'm gonna be real but uh, i can tolerate him now uh ryan pollock hit the net again that's a huge celebration uh mm-hmm. Pellick got a goal it was nice uh that's all i want to say about the d uh forwards you mentioned bo horvat I- i'm really frustrated with him i know he scored last night but that was another empty netter to me mm-hmm. uh he hit the post on a power play, so whatever. But again, y- you can't be producing like that with that contract. I know he had good chemistry with Barzell, but you know maybe you should have taken a bit less money if you can't do anything by yourself. I mean, obviously he's going to take the most, but he's just a frustrating guy. We really need Barzell back just to. I think that would be huge for him mentally. I think something's not right like maybe he doesn't have the confidence anymore because of the drought but I think just having Barzell back whether or not he's 100% healthy could do wonders for the confidence of him and the team as a whole uh Brock Nelson looked horrible since getting his facial uh his facial shield on uh but you know he finally figured it out against Tampa he is now over 70 points And for the people who, for some reason, don't like him, I mean, this is a career year. 70 points just from a New York Islander in the past six years, that's, like, incredible. I'm so happy for him, and hopefully he keeps it up and maybe seventy has looked pretty invisible. Um, That's Mm. kind of sad. We do need that duck scoring. He's our captain, and I'm talking about depth scoring. But yeah, we're, we we lost, uh, I think, seven to one over the weekend uh, in terms of goals. So you need him to step up. Uh, and then I'll just really quickly talk about some of the other guys. Engvall is a great pickup. I think he's been doing well. Uh, Kyle Paul Murray finally looks like that trade was really worth it. He looks amazing the way he's scoring he has a bunch of confidence uh, as being patient with the puck Uh, this is amazing i haven't seen this before from Mm -hmm. him and then bottom six wise uh fashion's doing his job i guess holmstrom i don't love but he's better than bailey i think maybe he's not a starter next year but because we're injured uh he is in the lineup and then last guy Matt Martin still, I've been posting about on Twitter. 
Like, come on, he's got to hit 20 points. He's had it in February. He was at 19. He needs to get that career high. Maybe against Montreal, he scores on an empty net and makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Um, you know, uh, I going over all those guys, um, I think for me, um, with the Anders Lee thing, um, the first line right now is just it's it it isn't working. Um, I I think they probably are going to have to. I know you don't want to. It, it's like superstition to not juggle the lines after you win, especially you win six one. But the first line is not working. Um, the second line with uh, Brock and Engvall and Palmieri that is working. So I wouldn't mess with that. But they got to figure out who they got to get somebody. They're missing a Barzal type, obviously, to play with Horvat to create Horvat's chances so that Horvat can shoot. Um, and I think the only guy that currently on the roster, like skill wise, could do that and, and skating wise is Engvall, who you don't want to take off the line he's currently producing with. So um, they're in a bit of a dilemma there. It's it's a a lack of like high end. Um, playmaking talent and um, Holmstrom I like him as a defensive forward I think he's good for your bottom six he was playing first line with Lee and Horvat and that's just not a good line right now they got hemmed in their zone a lot uh, against Tampa um, later in the game they started to get it together and Holmstrom scored and Horvat scored but um, you know against the team that was at that point down 4-1 just trying to get out of the game not injured so yeah. we really, really, really need to in the offseason, um, if they're gonna go out and acquire anybody else, look for another, you know, diamond in the rough in Pierre Engvall. Obviously, everybody wants to have a diamond in the rough, but you know, uh they went a little bit out of their comfort zone. Lou does not usually go for guys that just don't hit. Lou is like, you gotta have you gotta have a two-way game, you gotta be able to be good defensively, you gotta be able to produce offensively but he doesn't like that hot dog and shit um and Engvall has uh, added an element of uh, of skating and playmaking um that we've desperately needed and and i think in the offseason first of all i'd like to extend Engvall uh on a bit of a bridge contract i think he fits um and i don't think it would be expensive either uh and you know you take out Josh Bailey and you plug in Pierre Engvall. And I think that's already a pretty good improvement. I think you'd probably still like to get one more forward. Um, even though I have talked about that, I like the effort I see from Simon Holmstrom. Um, at the end of the day, the Islanders need points. Um, and I think you need to bring somebody in that competes with Holmstrom in a perfect world beats Holmstrom out for the job. Uh, maybe that guy is internal. I don't think um, a guy like uh, Dufour is ready yet. Um, I don't know how many forwards we have left in Bridgeport that are ready to go with uh, Atu Ratu gone. Um, but I am, uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, I am happy that Engvall has fit so well. Um, and if for any reason the Engvall line starts to struggle even a little bit, and I know it's tough. It's a, it's a small period of time we have left to make adjustments. 
happens. But if there is a game where that line is just getting hemmed in, uh, I would try Engvall on the first line. Um, yeah. To try to get Horvat going. Um, but for now, that line has to stay together, that second line. And uh, I, I know it's not a skill guy, but maybe Hudson Fashing jumps back up to the right wing on the first line. Um, and uh, you have Simon Holmstrom drop back down into the bottom uh, bottom nine forward, bottom six forwards. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's me playing coach for a second. Yeah. Um, I think, but I like I, it hasn't been there the whole year, but I'm starting to get more comfortable with Lane um, a little bit. Uh, at times, it does feel like he's shooting just at a dartboard, the forward lines. Um, he did find, you know, like, combination of good work from Lou for getting Engvall and then, um, you know, uh, Lane for finding a spot for Engvall. Uh, but they are going to have to do that with other guys now. They're going to have to find a way to unlock what they traded for in Horvat. Um, and, you know, that's a lot of pressure. There's only three games to do it. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's going to be tough. And if they do get in um, – I'm really uh, – it'll be a great opportunity to see what Lane does against, like, top-tier coaching in the playoffs over a series. Um, that's something that in the past, the Islanders' talent hasn't been there, but they had the Barry Trot system. Let's see. Lane Lambert's going to have a chance to stamp, um, you know, like his mark on this team in these last three games and hopefully in the playoffs. And I'm very excited to see what happens. Um, I, I – Pointed, uh, talking about talent the other day, I was watching the highlights of the John Tavares return to the Coliseum in 2018-19. <laughs> and something that struck me is we, to score, I think it was our fourth goal, we had a line of Andrew Ladd, Valtteri Filippola, Leo Komarov. That was a that was a line in a six yeah. <laughs> So, I, again... Uh, that's kind of like another thing to point out. Just what Barry Trotz did was just unbelievable. Um, let's see if Lane Lambert can have that moment uh, where he just puts something together and it just freaking works. Yeah, I'm, I hope I hope we see it. I I would also suggest I like your idea. If I were the coach. I would go a step further and maybe drop Lee down and replace him with Parisi uh, just because I don't think Lee right now is creating his own chances. And Parisi is another uh, speed guy. I think that can only help Horvath produce more. Uh, Lane and Lou have been a mixed bag this season, I'd say. Last year, I thought the coach and GM were both just straight out bad. They've both done really good things this year, but also bad things. Like, I don't know how Lane is expecting Lee Horvat Holmstrom to work. Holmstrom had 5.6 points going into that game, and he's a shutdown guy. And Lee doesn't really do anything to create chances. So that was just an odd decision, but he got the best out of the second line. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess I do want to talk about Lou quickly. He just had a press conference and Andrew Gross asked him about the Varlamov situation and Lou was like dumbfounded. He was like, where did that question come from? I never even thought of that anymore. And then I think 
Stefan Rosner asked after that, um, you know, Fashing's been a great player for us this year. Uh, what's like, what made you pick him up? And Lou was like, oh, that wasn't me. That was Chris. Um, and I'm thinking. <laughs> He's prepping us for Chris taking over. <laughs> I'm thinking like, isn't, I may be mistaken, but wasn't Chris involved in the release of Carter Verhage? I actually don't know. Um, you know, Verhage was in our system. Um, I believe we traded him for um, I the, I only know the goalie's last name because it was like a funny last name, Gudlevsky, <laughs> I believe it was. Oh, um, yeah. uh, he out of the Tampa system. Um, so I I don't want to get on the Islanders a ton there because there were multiple teams that gave up on Carter Verhage. Um, sometimes that's just the way it goes. Like for the Yankees, Nestor Cortez just came out of nowhere and is fantastic. It happens sometimes. And um, Hudson Fashing had been in multiple organizations and no one thought anything of him really coming. And so I will give some credit there. Um, And it makes sense that Chris would be the one. So I don't think it's just Lou like giving his son credit because he's like, Hey, he's taking over. Get ready. This guy's full of great ideas. I think actually that's the case because Hudson Fashing has been a career AHLer and Chris um, being an AHL GM, it would make sense that, you know, he would be scouting. Yeah, that's been playing for the Tucson Roadrunners. Yeah, <laughs> Rochester Americans and stuff like that. So, um, that's a good find. Happy about it. Uh, is it a game-breaking find? No, uh, obviously. Um, but you know, I, let's hope they can find our next little diamond in the rough, like a pure yeah. angle type, uh, in the off season. I know. I I think we've seen the last of um, a barring injury, the last of Josh Bailey. Um, he has one year left on his deal, but I think just the way he's been utilized this year, I think it's very clear that they're done and they know it's just, it just, it, he's not hitting the standard anymore and they just can't put him out there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the reason, look, Simon Holmstrom, I think would be the extra forward on a lot of teams. He is starting for us because we don't have Barzi and, um, there's like not a lot in the system at the moment. <laughs> like I know they don't want to like cripple their AHL team, but you got to think about your NHL team first. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, if Andy Andreov, <laughs> any injury, Andy Andreov having a great year in the AHL has over 30 goals. I wonder, you know, in the playoffs, sometimes see some, some, some guys come up in on an emergency basis. Does Andy Andreov, he's got to be the first name coming up out of the forwards at this point. I it's mean, forwards down there. <laughs> I don't like him, but I'll sure take him over Otto Koivu. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah, I can't stand him. I think next year we're in the middle of a huge playoff race, but I think for next year, like if you get rid of Bailey, that would mean losing off the GM first of all. But if that happens and Holmstrom doesn't have to play, a healthy Barzell, a healthy Wallstrom. And one other forward, like maybe it's just Islander bias, but I think, I think that's a fantastic forward core. I You really can't beat that to me unless you're like an all-skill team. But just like from an all-around perspective, I think that that would be the best core we'd have in a long time. Yeah, it's funny. I um, I put the lines the other day in uh, my one of my group chats, uh, my Isles guys group chat, 
I put the lines that I think we're going to see to start next year. And it was like um, Lee, Horvat, Barzal, uh, regular second line for right now, Engvall, Brock, uh, Paul Mary. Um, third line was Parise, Pajot, um, Fashing. And then it was the regular fourth line. And uh, the Isles guys uh, were grossed out by that. <laughs> they did not like that. But I got to say, it's it, it's not terrible. First of all, even though, you know, like, you're going to add more offense, obviously, having Barzi in for Holmstrom. For sure. <laughs> um, but um, I, I think that is a more talented um, forward core than um, they even had in 1819. I know that was Barry Trotz, and that's a different situation. Um, but I, it's not awful. I, I think some people would look at that and say it's awful. Uh, I got a good. I we've had a good look at these players this year. I think I know what they are uh, at the moment, and I don't think that's terrible. I think um, that's a good base start, um, and that you know, I, I I don't think we're going to be big spenders this summer. I think the Horvat move was the big move, and this summer is going to be finding that that Pierre Engvall cheap offense. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's going to be work in the summer. We know that uh, they have to make this team a little bit better. Um, on the defensive end, they probably won't change much. Um, it's a fairly you know young group. Uh, Romanov, I think, has um, the opportunity to keep growing uh, and become like a dependable top four D man on this team, uh, which is very useful. And um, I I would love to see uh, um, uh, Bull Duke, Samuel Bull Duke, um, you know, compete next year. Um, I've seen guys come up and be a, limit, a little bit timid at first, uh, and they've grown out of it. Um, so I Samuel Bull Duke is so young. I I feel bad even getting on him. Uh, yeah. He's in a bad situation. Um, guys, uh, guys hurt. So he is not. He's not ready, but. He's doing his best. Um, he made up for what I thought were some irresponsible plays in his own zone by jumping up in the offensive zone and having a nice assist last night. So, hey, um, as long as you're making up for the bad plays with good plays, that's something. He's a young kid. I'm excited to um, see him grow because he's a big body. He's got everything that an NHL GM wants. He's big and he shoots hard. Um, so, you know. <laughs> there's hope there uh, so, yeah. but for now we got these three games ahead we have hope we have control of our destiny um hudson fashing hattie hudson. oh yeah let's, let's do, do it first line hudson give me that to start the next game uh i think the first i think we've seen enough of the first line from the last game um just nobody on that line puts the puck on that so yeah. that's, that's a problem. Um, we need someone that's going to put the puck on that. Hudson Fashing has shown to have a sneaky good shot. Let's see it. Let's see yes. Hudson Fashing put one on net. Anders Lee tip it in. Yeah. Off of a face-off win by Horvat. Naturally. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's my closing thought. Despite the terrible season we had last year, for some reason, I think this may be my favorite forward group 
maybe a whole team, but definitely forward group I've ever watched. Uh, despite it maybe not being as talented as the 2014-15 group, uh, we have so many guys who have worked hard in the league for most of their careers. I, all I'm asking is just let's see them in the playoffs. We got Zach Parisi who wanted to come here to win a cup. He deserves to make the playoffs. I want to see these guys hopefully make one more run before they blow it up uh, in the near future. So next week, uh, if we film an episode, we could either be screaming about Lane and Wu, or we could be getting ready for a much appreciated playoff series. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you said it like that. Zach Parise deserves everything. Yeah. (laughs) So very much... I God, I want to see him playing the in the playoffs for the Islanders. I would kill for that. Oh yeah, and we want to see UBS right playoff. Yeah, UBS. yeah, absolutely. the The atmosphere. I was there last night. Um, the a- atmosphere was really good. Um, and uh, I, you know, in the playoffs, I think it's going to be deafening. So, very excited for that. Uh, I think you know, um, assuming. Well, first of all, we should see that atmosphere against uh, the Flyers on Saturday. Um, and then assuming we've taken care of business going into the Montreal game, that sh- I mean, that's going to be the biggest game in UBS Arena history to this yeah. point. And uh, I know it's a, it's a short history, but I think fans have been waiting to like christen the new building with meaningful, meaningful hockey. And this is the yeah. this is it. This is it. Now or never. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you once again, Sterling, for uh, chatting with us. Um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a really up and down season. Um, really excited for us to even be in this position because there were there were times where it absolutely did not look like we'd be here. We talked about selling. Uh, we talked about you know it getting as bad as trading Brock. Yeah, and here we are now. You know, we just talked about Brock scoring a seventy second point. Um, Hudson guys like Hudson fashion, um, Zach Parise, guys who, you know, like other teams in the league, look at our lines and they go, who the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's Zach, yeah, it's Zach Parise, but like, how good is he still? He's still really good. He's got 21 goals. So, um, that's one of the things I love about being an Islanders fan is, is kind of the lack of attention. And, you know, we kind of get to, to enjoy these players <laughs> and and just have other people be like, what do you mean? They suck. And me, us just be like, yeah, whatever. They don't yeah. get it. Um, so, of course, if they lose these next three games, I will say that. They suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So, this is a lot of players' legacy. It's on the line. It's a legacy game for insert name here. Um, yeah, Ilya Sorokin. Game. We didn't say much about Ilya Sorokin. Uh, I am – Thankful for all of his contributions throughout the whole year. He made some good saves, even in a game where he uh, was not called upon a ton in the lightning game. And uh, I don't think there's been more than a game this year where, uh, where I was annoyed at him. Maybe yeah. one. So yeah. um, Sorokin, keep doing what you're doing. Um, that's it. I mean, uh, I, I am confident in Varley. You know, if if God forbid there's an injury, um, I, I I do feel like Varley can uh, give you quality goaltending. I'll call it. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair. 
he's not going to lose us the game, I don't think. Right, right. And that's all you have in the playoffs. You, you. I mean, ideally in the playoffs, your goalie is making a few saves that you wouldn't expect. Varley has that ability. Probably, obviously not to the same level as Sorokin, who just steals like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's not a it's not a weakness. Say it like Correct. that. Yeah. All right, Sterling. Thank you once again, James. Buddy, great job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, from from I've been here the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Say one word to describe how you're feeling right now. I think this week is the more most than one important word. week of <laughs> Islanders hockey. More than one word. Say one word now. Nickelodeon. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for watching. Uh, let's go Islanders. Um, and let's hope there is not a funeral next week. <laughs> for the season. Not for right. any For the season. Right, right. Gotta be... Gotta be specific mm-hmm. i've been here the whole time all yeah. right james bye-bye <laughs>